And also going off of health, like your blood pressure, cholesterol, blood sugar, those have been found to all improve as well when people transition to a plant-based way of eating from say very meat heavy diet. Weight management is also another benefit and weight loss if that's your goal. Plant foods are rich in fiber, which increases satiety. So usually you'll eat less overall without even trying or thinking about it. You'll have more energy. You're getting nutrients that your body knows how to absorb and utilize. And whole food nutrition, our body is created to extract the nutrients that whole foods provide. So your digestion, your gut health will improve. Everything's kind of working more optimally. So those are some great benefits that you'll experience when you follow a mostly plant-based diet. Welcome to Nutrition Without Compromise, a podcast brought to you by Orlo Nutrition. We believe that nutrition shouldn't be an either or, that you should never have to sacrifice your morals for your health or that of our home planet. Join natural products veteran Karina Belizzi and experts from around the globe as they discuss healthy solutions that are better for you and better for the planet. Welcome to Nutrition Without Compromise. Today, we're going to dive deep into the why behind the plant-based movement and ultimately even get to meet someone who has worked alongside Michael Pollan, who directs us specifically to eat whole foods and mostly plants. Before I introduce our guest and explore their connection to Michael Pollan, I have to remind you that while we may talk about general health conditions on this show, what we offer here is for informational purposes only. If you have specific health complaints, please connect with your healthcare provider or even a nutritionist and registered dietitian like the one that you'll meet today. If you're compelled by what you hear, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen or watch, even on YouTube. And while you're at it, please give us a thumbs up, five-star rating, and write us a review, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts. This will help more people discover the show so they can benefit from the same great information. Now, last week, we talked about the importance of having a healthy digestive system and even how prebiotics and probiotics can aid your long-term health. This week, we will discover why a whole foods first approach is best and why going mostly plant-based can be life-changing as we get to know Mia Sin. Mia is a budding broadcast journalist turned nutritional scientist who was influenced by her journalism professor at UC Berkeley. You guessed it, the New York Times bestselling author of The Omnivore's Dilemma. Michael Pollan. Mia turned her investigative knack into a scientific pursuit after falling in love with nutritional science. After learning from Nobel laureates at UC Berkeley, Ivy League professors at Columbia, and more, she perfected the ability to translate that complex research into vital information that we can all understand. You will catch Mia sharing evidence-based food, nutrition, and lifestyle tips on national and local TV shows, lifestyle programs across the country each week, including Good Food Friday on ABC Charleston, The Doctors, and many CBS and Fox affiliates. Mia's new book, Mostly Plant-Based, is available for purchase from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, Penguin Random House, and wherever books are sold. It includes 100 plant-forward recipes and a 21-day meal plan to get you started. Mia, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat today. I have to say, learning about your connection to Michael Pollan was one of the most, I would say it was a happy surprise because I invited you on before I knew that. I have followed his work for some time and I just love his simple way of putting it, eat whole foods. 
mostly plants. So it feels like this is a great bridge to your work with this book. I'd love for you to talk about that connection, how it inspired you and what landed you with writing this book today. Yes. So you had mentioned I had taken a course with Michael Pollan at UC Berkeley. He's a journalism professor there and it was a food journalism class. And that was kind of my first experience with nutrition. It wasn't something I grew up with or thought about much. And I just love that nutritional science is something that applies to each and every one of us every day. We all eat, we all make decisions on what food we're going to prepare, what food we're going to choose to nourish our body. And I love just that this was such an applicable science to everyone, no matter who you are, what walk of life you are. And that's kind of what led me into nutrition. So I pretty much studied nutrition, nutrition only, UC Berkeley, Columbia, then I became a registered dietitian. And this is my debut book. And all of my research and studies have kind of led me to this point, this book. And it's just kind of funny how it, it so aligns with Michael Pollan's philosophy of you know, <laughs> eat food, mostly plants. <laughs> Yeah, recently he's even he's doing I would say a deep dive into psychedelics presently with a Netflix series which is really surprising for me but also kind of not in in a strange way. <laughs> They're kind of adjacent I guess. Or, you know. <laughs> That's interesting excited to see that. Do you remain connected to Michael Pollan today? I don't. I mean, I haven't been to Berkeley in years, maybe decades now, but I follow his work loosely, but he was just a huge catalyst for getting me into nutrition and sort of the educational side of nutrition and food science. Right. Well, he also does an incredible job of digesting the complex into information that we can all understand and even parrot, like eat whole foods. It seems so simple, but ultimately is foundation of a good overall diet. So let's talk about the benefits of going mostly plant-based, how it's different from veganism, and perhaps even starting with something as simple as the interface of our digestion, since that was the topic we covered in last week's show. Yeah. So the reason why I wrote this book, and it's called Mostly Plant-Based, versus veganism or plant-based. It's something I believe very strongly about. There's no denying that plant-based foods offer incredible nutrition and benefits. There's fiber, which 97% of Americans fall short on. Fiber is so important for our digestion, like you said, nourishing those gut bacteria, that prebiotic fiber, helping with the regularity. But you're also getting vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, things. And also what plants don't have is just important about as what they do have. So you're not getting the saturated fat or the dietary cholesterol or really a lot of sodium. All foods have sodium, but very minimal sodium, no added sugar. So I have a quote in my book that is the plant foods are almost like medicine. Food is medicine and plants are the most powerful ones. So I like to think of it like that, but also not discounting animal protein. And in my book, I really outline how to choose animal foods wisely and why they are what I believe to be still an essential part of a the healthiest, most balanced diet. And they provide certain vitamins and minerals that are just more bioavailable to the body. So our body can absorb and utilize them more efficiently than like those found in plants. For example, spinach, you know, is known as a good source of iron, but our body is so inefficient at absorbing, utilizing that iron that it's like you would have to eat like 17 cups of spinach to get the same amount of iron as like 
two ounces of an animal protein. So I really break that down in the book and explain why that is my approach to a well-rounded diet. So not discounting animal foods, but also making plant foods the foundation of your diet. Well, it sounds more like you're looking to those animal-based foods as a condiment as opposed to as the main course of the meal. And that approach is one that is both more planet-friendly because you're utilizing less other resources, right? And also can give you those key nutrients that you might have a hard time actually absorbing. But what would you say to the vegans out there that might be looking to you for guidance too on what supplements or nutrients they might want to watch out for or even consider taking an addition to a healthy diet that is completely plant-based? Yeah. So I do have a chapter called Treat Me Like a Condiment. So thinking of it less as a mainstay of your plate, but more like a side dish. It shouldn't be the center of your, the foundation of your diet. So just kind of reframing your approach to animal foods. And I talk about the nutrients that animal foods provide that are more bioavailable to us. And then I also have a page that outlines how vegans can still get those nutrients. I mean, there definitely are ways to get all the nutrients you need on a vegan, completely plant-based diet and supplementing when needed is also important. So some that I can think of are like zinc can bind to, it's like anti-nutrients called phytic acid. So kind of bind to zinc and limit its absorption in certain plant-based foods. So you want to make sure that you're eating enough of those zinc containing foods. So a lot of those like pumpkin seeds, cashews, oats, almonds, beans, whole grains. Uh, another one is iron, like I had said, and pairing iron foods like spinach with vitamin C containing foods is a great way to enhance absorption. That's kind of a good trick when it comes to iron. And some other nutrients are like vitamin A. So vitamin A found in plant-based foods is in the form beta carotene that our body has to convert to vitamin A for it to be useful for things like immunity and skin health. And that conversion is not very efficient. So getting enough vitamin A is also important on a plant-based diet. And then of course, one that everyone knows about is vitamin B12. That's found almost exclusively in animal foods. So finding fortified foods or considering a supplement is important if you are following a entirely vegan or plant-based diet. And yeah, so there's a great handy chart in my book where really break it down and give plant-based vegan eaters, the tools they need to still meet their nutrient needs. They just have to be more mindful about doing it. I want to pause there and offer a couple of points that I think will complement what you've just shared. For one, we know, for instance, that iron and vitamin C both contribute to bone health. Iron helps to build strong bones. Vitamin C helps to build bones that are elastic enough that they don't break, right? And then you also need to consider getting enough calcium, vitamin D, and things along these lines. But having them in balance is easier when you're eating a balanced diet. And so I understand it can be easier to get a lot of these nutrients from animal foods as well. Vitamin B12 tends to be that very difficult nutrient to get enough of. And it's one that we actually see in the spirulina that our sponsor, Orlo Nutrition, is growing. And so I understand you recently covered their immunity boost on a segment that you did in Las Vegas. Do you want to talk for a moment about that? Yes. So yes, I featured Orlo Nutrition's immunity spray in my CBS Las Vegas segment in December and really just highlighting it as a tool for those that are traveling during the busy holiday season. And just this is like 
flu season, people are getting sick. So it's great to have those kind of tools in your back pocket that you can kind of get a leg up. And so, yeah, I love that product. And I also featured it on my Instagram. I did what's in my bag since I traveled across the country to California to see my family. So it's great to have those tools on hand just with the changing seasons and kind of what's going on in that sense. I just have to share that this winter has been a little tough here at my home area of California. I'm on the central coast. We got a flurry of rain to the point where there were two atmospheric rivers that came back to back. So huge tax on people insofar as just the stress that came with the weather because people were flooding, roads were closed, all sorts of craziness. At the same time that that happened, my family got COVID. And so I had had it, I was the only person from my family, I'd had it last spring when I was traveling. And so I didn't end up falling sick again. But we all hear about these kind of nightmare scenarios where people get COVID repeatedly and then start to get symptoms of long COVID. So I was a little cautious, even understanding my immune system was probably primed to deal with this because I'd had it in the last half a year, roughly. But I took the immunity boost every day and didn't fall ill and was able to care for my family and just get us through that hum. I will admit that I took supplemental zinc because I was also concerned about getting enough of that. I am at this point mostly plant-based. I still do eat some animal foods, but I was also kind of chuckling here because just before we started this recording, I had a snack of carrots, which contain beta carotene and pumpkin seeds, <laughs> which, which contain that natural zinc. It is possible to go to foods for these key nutrients, but it can be tough to get enough. And that's exactly when you should go to a few supplements that you trust to help bolster your system and ensure that you're good to go. Absolutely. Now, I wanted to talk beyond immune system for a moment about sleep quality because it is on top of everybody's mind right now as they're handling the stress of winter season, trying to stay healthy, trying not to get their immune system in this kind of negative spiral. And sleep has such an impactful effect on that, but so does that core nutrition. So if somebody was to go mostly plant-based, what could they expect as far as the beneficial outcomes with regard to something like sleep and also immune system and then beyond? Yeah, sleep is so important. It goes without saying the recommendation is seven to eight hours. A lot of us kind of run on less than that, but there are some foods that can disrupt sleep quality, sleep onset. And some that come to mind are refined carbohydrates, added sugar, and alcohol. So those are things that registered dietitians would say to limit anyways in excess for good health. And so on a mostly plant-based diet, you are focusing on whole food nutrition. And ultimately that should support better sleep when we think of food and how it affects sleep. There are some foods that have been found to kind of help with sleep quality as well, like complex carbohydrates, oatmeal, Cherries are a natural source of melatonin. So those are something to keep in mind if you are looking for natural ways to kind of support your sleep. Does that extend to the other stone fruits on the cherry side of the world? That's a good question. Cherries are the only ones I know about when it comes to melatonin, but that's interesting theory, I think. They're some of my favorites, but they're also not in season right now. And I know something else you've advocated for is to eat whole foods and you know, if you focus on the foods that are in season, they're going to be both more affordable and also support your health throughout the year. It'll give you a more varied diet throughout the year as well, which can also help to support a strong health throughout all the seasons. 
So I'm wanting to dive a little deeper. I understand that you recently wrote an article to cover a few points that people can expect if they do go to this mostly plant-based diet. What more can you share? Yes. So Well and Good did a great cover story on mostly plant-based diets and the benefits. And it's very much aligned with what I wrote about in my book. And I help contribute to the article, but there's so many amazing benefits to following a mostly plant-based diet. And I can just go through some of them, but you had mentioned buying in-season fruits, vegetables, that's going to save you money when you buy in-season items. So a mostly plant-based diet, you're saving money. You're not spending as much money on like animal foods. You're being more mindful about what animal foods you do buy. And plant-based foods in general are just you know more affordable than your animal foods. So saving money, lowering your carbon footprint, we had talked about that as well. Beef requires almost a hundred times more water to produce per pound than like a plant protein, for example. Some other great benefits are you'll get sick less often, and that could ultimately save on healthcare costs. Plant foods are rich in key nutrients, vitamin C, vitamin E, these play a role in supporting healthy immune function and also focusing on high quality animal products like low mercury seafood, pasture raised eggs, that kind of thing. You're getting those bioavailable nutrients like zinc and vitamin D. And also going off of health, like your blood pressure, cholesterol, blood sugar, those have been found to all improve as well when people transition to a plant-based way of eating from say very meat heavy diet. Weight management is also another benefit and weight loss if that's your goal. Plant foods are rich in fiber, which increases satiety. So usually you'll eat less overall without even trying or thinking about it. You'll have more energy. You're getting nutrients that your body knows how to absorb and utilize. And whole food nutrition, our body is created to extract the nutrients that whole foods provide. So your digestion, your gut health will improve. Everything's kind of working more optimally. So those are some great benefits that you'll experience when you follow mostly plant-based diet. Recently, we had Dr. Joel Furman on who created the Andy score. And so I'm sure you're familiar with his work. He mentioned, I think more than once, he was driving the point home, that sometimes when people transition to a mostly plant-based diet, and especially moving away from things like refined seed oils and processed foods, that they will sometimes feel a little crummy for a little while. And so one of the things that I think is different about your approach is that you also provide some tools to help people transition perhaps a little bit more slowly. So I wondered if you could talk about those specific foods and what foods help people transition from a more general omnivore diet to something that is more focused on plant-based. Yes, that is a huge motivation for me when it comes to you know sharing content on social media and with my book. I wanted to meet people where they are and give them tools to make that transition, whether they're a meat and potatoes eater or they're just trying to already incorporate more plant-based meals and snacks into their diet. So with my book, a lot of the recipes are comfort foods, but with a plant veggie forward twist. So some great tips that I like to share are number one, cauliflower. Cauliflower is my favorite vegetable because it's mild tasting and you can do so much with it other than the obvious, like roasting it. For example, you can add rice cauliflower to smoothies. It can add in a serving of veggies, doesn't affect taste. It's adding fiber. It's adding vitamin C. You can use it for homemade pizza crust. I have a recipe for that. Add it to your morning oatmeal to add volume and additional fiber as well. So these are just 
taking the foods that you're already eating and just making them more plant veggie forward. Minced mushrooms are another one that I love to recommend. That savory umami flavor, and they really kind of mimic the taste and texture of meat. So you can either swap them for meat containing dishes or go 50-50 and do half ground meat with half minced mushrooms and your taco night that you're already having or your spaghetti bolognese. It's a great way to just cut back on your meat consumption and boost your veggie consumption. And I have a lot of fun charts in my book that give people realistic ways that they can boost their nutrition without giving up their favorite foods. And I also have a 21-day meal plan in the book where I treat it like levels. So the first week is just easing into a mostly plant-based diet. So you're still eating animal protein, but just not at every meal. And then you can work your way to week two and week three, where you're finally eating mostly plant-based. So I give people a lot of tools and meet them where they are. Yeah. Well, I want to make bring up two points that echo some of what you're sharing as well. One is that Jonathan Safran Foer, who happens to be a vegan author, he's written some incredible fiction works, but also a couple of nonfiction books. He wrote a book called We Are the Weather, in which he recommends people look to eat plant-based exclusively before dinner. And that just by shifting their patterns throughout the day to being completely plant-based, that they reduce their environmental impact while at the same time, not completely giving up some of those things that might feel like comfort food or entertainment oriented, or, hey, you just really love that cheese and you want to have a slice of it with whatever, then you can actually make these things somewhat more manageable too. Just thinking to what Jonathan Safran Foer's approaches can help people get to a space where they aren't necessarily going, oh my gosh, I'm going to rip this off like a Band-Aid and make the switch completely today. Because that can be so much more challenging for people when they are first trying a new diet. And the next thing is actually to the content of foods that you're trying to make. I've actually found that it can be quite easy to supplement something like, let's say you want to do your taco nights and you have this tradition of having a taco Tuesday with a couple of friends. You can replace the turkey or beef with tofu really easily just by using the seasoning mix for taco seasoning. And what I learned through doing that is that my kids actually prefer the tofu version to the meat version. I started at first as an option, like they could try one or the other so that I didn't have a complete balking from the dinner table, right? And they actually went and next time around said, mommy, I only want the tofu. And And so now we're making that shift on our Taco Tuesday nights. I don't feel guilty about it. The kids are actually doing great and it's enabling them to get all the protein they need, but without necessarily having the sacrifice of the animal on the table. That's amazing. I love that. That's a great example of, you know, using a mild tasting veggie or plant protein and swapping it for meat. I didn't think of that. I thought of tofu for like scrambled eggs and really the seasonings make it because tofu has a mild flavor, but I love that. I'm going to try that. I love that. (laughs) You'll find it's really way easier. I mean, I didn't expect it to be as big of a hit as it was, especially with children that are five and eight. So young kids, you introduce these things, give them a little bit of a taste. And before you know it, they've made the journey with you. And when we talk about what foods help people transition, you mentioned cauliflower. I will say as a parent, it's sometimes hard to do the meal planning. And every once in a while, I'm just like, you know, I just want to throw a pizza in the oven. It's Friday. I'm going to do it. Now I have recently made the shift of going from the wheat crust And I even went from wheat to sourdough, store-bought. I'm not making my own pizzas yet. And then to cauliflower. And my kids 
also seem to be just fine with the cauliflower pizzas. So are there any other kind of tips like that that could be really easy to just transition away from without making it a complex meal? Yes. So something as simple as starting the day with overnight oats or chia pudding instead of box breakfast cereal could just jazz it up with some low sugar granola and fresh fruit. So this one is a little more, people are a little more hesitant about this one, but using beans in baked goods, like I have a bean blondie recipe, you can add black beans to brownies and it allows you to cut back on the amount of butter and fat oil that you use and also boosts the plant protein and fiber. And don't knock it till you try it. It's one of my favorite dessert recipes. So I use chickpeas or white beans in the blondies, but I think that's a great healthy dessert hack. And even mashed potatoes. I mean, mashed potatoes are are great. I just like to boost them with some pureed cauliflower and parsnips, just get more veggie goodness in there. You had mentioned Variety is really key when it comes to just all foods in general. You want to make sure that you're switching up your veggies, you're switching up your whole grains, your nuts and seeds, because they each provide their unique package of nutrients. So boosting up your mashed potatoes with pureed cauliflower parsnips. I like to do portobello buns as hamburger buns. So a lot of hamburger buns are leave much to be desired in terms of nutrition, like the white bread ones. I love doing portobello buns and switching your flours that you cook with using almond or oat flour. That way you're getting fiber, good fats, doing that when you can. And pasta is another one that I love. Spiralizers are like $10. I've found them for $10 on Amazon, but you can pretty much transform any of your favorite veggies like zucchini, carrots, sweet potato into noodles, veggie noodles. So if you're a big pasta lover, you can add that to your pasta or do a swap. Just a great way to add more veggies into your diet. And also if you're a soda drinker, I am a fan of kombucha or those prebiotic sodas, and they're just kind of like bubbly beverages with benefits. So there's a lot of great swaps you can do to just boost your nutrition, add more veggies to your life. And another one is cauliflower rice, which I had mentioned, but you can add that to regular rice or do a swap as well. That's really fantastic. Do you want to mention something about the mushrooms? When you actually take a mushroom and put it out in sunlight for just a little while, it improves its level of vitamin D in it. So you can actually get more supplemental vitamin D just through eating the mushroom itself. And I personally have found that using a portobello mushroom, just grilling it and putting your marinara sauce on that can be a really great replacement for the noodles. I went completely grain-free for a while and my kids would still want some pasta. So I would just cook that on the side while their pasta was cooking and use the same red sauce on my portabella. And it was divine. It was filling. I know I was doing right by my nutrition and I was also getting some other micronutrients like vitamin D in there that I might otherwise be a little bit deficient in. And so these are practical ways that you can make these changes. The spiralizer has me actually thinking about a fun way that I've got my kids to eat apples of late. They have these apple corers that actually cut the apple in a spiral while taking away the outer edge of it, right? 
Okay. And I'm forgetting what they're called, but I will include a link with show notes for anyone curious because it essentially peels the apple at the same time that it's slicing it in a spiral. And the kids will eat the apple peel almost like it's a fun condiment because it ends up looking like pasta. And then the apple itself is sliced really thin and they just enjoy it more this way. So it's a simple tool. They've existed since the 40s, I think. So it's not like it's a new kitchen tool, but you just put it on your counter, your spot, and you turn the crank and the apple is then created into something really fun for the kids to eat. That's amazing. Yeah, making healthy food fun, I think is really a great thing to do when you have kids. Have you found that in your experience? Yeah, well, I mean, getting them in the kitchen in any way, right? They come in, they're like, hey, mommy, I want to have an apple. Can we spiral it or can we use the peeler? I think they've called it either of those two things because you turn the crank and it literally just moves the apple along. And then you have this really cool, fun treat that's a pure whole food. And it's not them reaching for some processed snack. They're going to a pure whole food. And if this is the base of a healthy diet, I'm just working to create that so that they get the fiber, they get the other nutrients. They're not just going to a box of fruit juice and they're getting the benefits of eating a more varied diet that is full of whole fresh foods as opposed to something else. Now, I wanted to ask you as we prepare to wrap this show, if there are any particular things are, let's say your top supplements or the things that you like to make sure that you have in your cabinet to ensure that you've got a healthy diet throughout the year. Yes. So number one is vitamin D. I think that most people could benefit from a vitamin D supplement for many reasons. We're spending less time outdoors. It depends what climate you live in, the color of your skin. It can all affect how well you or your body's able to create vitamin D on its own. So I think most people could benefit from a vitamin D supplement. I take that every day. Zinc is another great one when it's cold and flu season, just gives your immune system that extra boost. A high quality probiotic is another one that I like to recommend and that I personally use just kind of help your gut get that good bacteria. And the gut microbiome is such a hot emerging area of research that research is linking into everything from our digestion to our mood to our weight. I mean, the list goes on. So those are three that I think most people could benefit from those three. Well, on this show, of course, we also touch on the importance of omega-3 fatty acids to reach your best health. So I will say this for all of the vegans out there and pretty much everyone who eats a standard diet, it's really tough to get enough of your omega-3 in your daily diet. And there really is no time like the present to try it. So if you have never had your levels of omega-3 checked. Many people get their vitamin D checked, but they don't necessarily get their omega-3 checked. You can actually get a blood spot test. They tend to sell for about $50. I know it's an added test, but even most medical plans will now cover that. So when you get your annual physical, just ask them to also check your omega-3 levels and you can go ahead and add supplement to your diet. It's something that you will notice a difference from. And the vitamin D, of course, and I touch on this a few times over the course of the podcast, but what we heard from Joel Furman is that he tends to recommend that people step it, like you might take one or 2,000 IU a day, but not necessarily jump to five or 10,000 IU, even though those products are available, because it's something that you have to take for a long period of time before you actually see your blood levels change, but you can take your blood test three, four months later and see what the effect of taking that thousand or 2000 IU every day 
was and that adjust as needed. But I think it's important that we all kind of come from this informed perspective, especially as we're working to ensure our long-term health. And of course, with Orlo Nutrition, who sponsors the show, you all listeners can get an extra 10% off their orders by going to orlonutrition.com and using the coupon code NWC10. Now, that's NWC for Nutrition Without Compromise, and it can mean as much as 37% off your order. The pack that we're selling right now on the site will actually get you a two-month supply of the omega-3 product of your choice, along with immunity boost that we mentioned earlier, which also contains 1,000 IU of vitamin D in every serving. Anyway, get off the soapbox on the omega-3s for a second. Now, Mia, I want to offer you the opportunity to send people to your site, follow you on Instagram. What can they expect if they follow Nutrition by Mia on Instagram? What do they see there? Yes. So Nutrition by Mia on Instagram, also Nutrition by Mia on TikTok now. But I share easy recipes, all 10 ingredients or less. That's really the foundation of my book as well. All 10 ingredients or less. I want healthy eating to be easy for people. And I also share one of my popular videos right now are grocery store finds. So people are wanting to know what do we get at Trader Joe's or Target or Whole Foods or Publix which is our local grocery store in Charleston. And so I'll do grocery store finds as well. Those are really, but you can find me there. And then my website is nutritionbymia.com. Well, that's fantastic. Now I've been paying attention to you on the Instagram platform. Now I'll have to find you on TikTok because it seems like everybody's migrating over there these days. It's a fun place to be. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my feed gives me a lot of things about three subjects lately because I've been also enjoying content there with my eight-year-old. It seems to be mostly flint napping, guinea pigs, and nutrition. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, mine is dog. So I guess you could just swap the guinea pigs and dogs. dog lover (laughs) and also like recipes and nutrition tips. Yeah, there's a fair amount of that. I have discovered a few really interesting recipes that are vegan recently. One which was just making an alternative to brownies that is gluten-free. And I think the only ingredients, it was definitely less than 10. It was water, oatmeal, vegetable oil, chocolate chips, and those could be vegan chocolate chips. And oh, it was Yeah, just rolled oats, a couple of cups of rolled oats, cacao powder, chocolate chips, and water or your favorite vegan milk. I used oat milk in that case and a little bit of oil. And they turned out incredible. My son loved them. And it was just like, he didn't even notice, right? Yes. So he's just like, oh, these are delicious. I want another brownie. I felt like they were healthy enough to even give them to him with breakfast, which is not something I would have typically done. But every once in a while on a weekend, it was basically like a healthy oatmeal chocolate. I love that. I'm going to try that. (laughs) Send that to me. (laughs) Yeah, I did save it in my recent. So I will find that and also reshare on our page because it makes life easy. We're there at, at Orlo Nutrition on TikTok as well. So just share this kind of fun stuff. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Mia. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining me today on Nutrition Without Compromise. I encourage you to visit the complete blog and podcast page on our sponsor site, orlanutrition.com. You'll find complete transcripts from today's conversation and even a few recipes and features that you won't find anywhere else. If you'd like to dive into specific topics with us in the future, you can always recommend 
guest or a specific topic that you'd like to see us cover. Every once in a while, we also do Ask Me Anything episodes. So if there are questions that you'd like to see us dive deeper in, you can always send those in as well. Just contact us via our social channels at Orlo Nutrition, or you can send me an email note to hello at orlonutrition.com. As we close today's show, I hope that you'll raise a cup of your favorite beverage with me as I say my closing words. Here's to your health. Thanks for listening to Nutrition Without Compromise. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to learn more, visit orlonutrition.com and join our mailing list. You'll gain access to complete show notes, features, and informative blogs because nutrition shouldn't be an either-or. 